Welcome to the Hockey's for Everybody podcast. My, I am your host, Anthony Walsh, and I am also here with uh, Kendall Bolin-Porter. We are so happy to bring to you a podcast that deals with hockey players and great stories and great people. And at the end of the day, we just want you to be able to listen to all of these stories and take something and relate to them. So um, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we have an incredibly special guest in the studio today. We have Meredith Lang and... We look forward to hearing uh, about Meredith's life as a youth hockey player, uh, college athlete, an Olympian, uh, and uh, motherhood, her return to hockey, and what's next for her life. So uh, thank you for being here. Thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here in uh, Minnesota, and uh, we just, again, want to thank you for for being here and thank our viewers uh, for for listening. So before we start off here, I, I just have a... Really quick question. So you started your, your life in St. Louis, is that correct? I did, I did. Okay. And you are now a Minnesotan. Would you? Would that be uh, fair to say? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have, uh, and this is Hockey's Everybody podcast, so uh, Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues. Who are we going for here? Oh, Minnesota Wild, all the way. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, all the way. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. It uh, was, I was a little torn there uh, during Winter Classic, but nah, not at all. Minnesota all yep, the way now. Yeah, Minnesota Wild awesome. all the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then starting with St. Louis, maybe how did you, uh, starting from there, how did you end up in Minnesota? Yeah, you know, in St. Louis, I lived there until I was about 12, and I just remember my brother and I watching the St. Louis Blues, watching Brett Hull, you know, just um, just watching hockey and then yeah, we ended up moving to Minnesota. My my mom got a job up here, and so the whole family moved to Minnesota. And, you know, we just knew that that was the state of hockey. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't leave Minnesota unless you play hockey. So my brother started playing. And then, um, yeah, I quickly picked up afterwards. Nice. Were, you, were your parents uh, at all, like, hockey fans or, like? No, no, not no. remotely. They okay. they were not hockey fans. They didn't know anything about it. You know, my brother wanted to play, and mm-hmm. my dad just figured out, you know, how to get the equipment, where to get the equipment, and uh, we, yeah, we they just started playing. I remember mm-hmm. he had a tournament in Alexandria, Minnesota, the coldest I have ever been. I think <laughs> that was, like, our first year, and people were talking about plugging in a car to keep okay. it warm so it could start. So yep. that's all I remember about my, my brother's hockey days. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I've never been so cold in my life. Reminds me of a Rosa. We had a tournament up there back in the day, and yeah. that was uh, we had to plug in the, the bus, and uh, you got to keep the engine running and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> ho- hockey is a cold, cold sport. Um, so being that you didn't play when you were growing up or your parents didn't play, you moved to Minnesota, what was the first memory that you had of the sport of hockey? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I just remember um, just being just enthralled with the quickness of the game. I just thought it was, you know, just a fast game. And, you know, it was just something that was so foreign to me, you know, skating and what what that all entails. Um, But I don't know why I was fascinated about it. I just absolutely was. And, um, you know, my brother was a goalie and I definitely, you know, didn't really want to be a goalie, but I do think I played like a a few, a few games. I did play goalie, but it was just the speed of the game that was that, that kind of drew me in. Um, and yeah, I didn't really know anything about the rules. I just was, I don't know what it was. It was just, it was interesting that I, yeah. 
now that I think about it, to put it into words, I don't know what it was about hockey, but mm-hmm. it was something that <laughs> gotcha. I really wanted yeah. to do. Oh, my God. Okay, so you began then playing. You got, you know, to the point where you're at, all these kind of things, right? You're skating, and, okay, you played for Richfield growing up. Yep, I played okay. for Richfield growing up. Yeah, I started in eighth grade, and at that point, it wasn't um, it wasn't a high school sport. It was just a girlfriend and I. We just were like, yeah, we want to play hockey, and, you know, we were terrible. Mm-hmm. We couldn't skate. You know, we were old enough to realize we are not very yeah. good. Yeah, right. <laughs> But we didn't care for some reason. We just didn't care. We were just like, we're going to get out here. We're going to play with these boys, and, yeah, save me a spot in line, and I'm just going to do it. Yeah, and then my freshman year, it ended up being um, a varsity sport. Okay. So then that made it easy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then d- did you play varsity? At yeah, point? yep, at, yep. Ninth grade, uh, made the varsity team. And, um, yeah, it was, just a, it was just a great experience to, you know, be able to take a bus to practice mm-hmm. to, you know, it was a minimal amount of money that, it, you know, it cost to play. And it just – the, the practice was already there. We had great coaching. I right. mean, it was just perfectly set up for anybody and everybody to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you started playing hockey. You're at Richfield. You're on the varsity team. This is an amazing experience in your life. And then at one point, you uh, switched to track. Or did you always run track, or how did that come into play? Yeah, I was a very interesting child. (laughs) You know, I, let's see, I played softball, I think, my freshman year. So for, yeah, I'm just trying to think. No, I did gymnastics. I was a gymnast, and I loved gymnastics. I did gymnastics. Five-sport athlete? Yeah, I think it it was. It was. Incredible. Not not very good at all of them. It was just, you know, to keep me busy. (laughs) But, um. Yeah, I did gymnastics, and I I think I got to being, I don't know, my, my freshman year, and I wanted to, yeah, I was like, okay, I think I'm done with gymnastics. I kind of want to pick up, you know, this hockey shenanigans, mm-hmm. and yeah, just started, um, yeah, playing, playing hockey, and then um, I played hockey uh, all winter until my junior year. I didn't play hockey my senior year because at that point it was like, you got to go to college and how are we getting to college? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was on the front end of hockey. Right. So my teammates, it was two schools. It was either the girls that had played with their brothers growing up and those were the ones getting scholarships or it was the newbies that just thought it was cool and wanted to play. And there just wasn't the opportunity to play at the next level, though I would have loved it. I just was not good enough to, to play at the next level. And so it was like, okay, I gotta, you know, I would need to get a college scholarship. Like what's the best way of doing that? It's through track. And so I was like, I gotta really focus and like get ready, get in track shape, you know, for the track season. So I didn't uh, play my senior year of high school. That's pretty. That's a fast turnaround for changing sports and still being, you know, able to get a scholarship and go on to track. That's pretty quick. Yeah, you must have been, so, you know, some somewhat athletic, you know. Yeah, no, I <laughs> loved all sports growing mm-hmm. up. I mean, I loved all sports, but track was the one that I, you know, excelled at at the the most. Um, right. But I do think that playing so many sports. I mean, I did gymnastics, I did soccer, I did softball, I did hockey, I did track. I did all these different sports and I do think that you know, and and sometimes I think about, 
you know, these kids now, and I'm sure we'll get into it, like specializing so young is just mm-hmm. not the school that of thought that we came from. For, for me, it was like, you know, you play hockey and the hockey season's over, you go to track and you do that. And right. then now here we are at soccer and, you know, you're doing all these different sports, but now it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it makes it hard to, to do that at that level and still be able to go to college and be a college athlete. Yep. And so that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I see a lot. Just working at the rink, uh, you know, which is good, parents working with their kids and things, but, you know, I see the same people there all year round, right. you know, working on hockey. And, like, you know, the kid's only, you know, 10 years old maybe, like, you're going to get burnt out by the time you even, you know, get to high school or whatever, uh, playing one sport all year round, like no baseball, no, you know, any variety of different sports. Like it, it to me, it seems a little risky to do for a kid, but I agree. Know, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of this headspace we're in and, mm-hmm. you know, me as a, as an athlete, but then as a parent, you know, I kind of go back and forth between the two, like, you know, I, I know you love hockey. Like my older daughter is just obsessed. And if she could play like five times a day, like 365 days a year, she would. Um, but I also want to see her, you know, use other muscles and like Mm -hmm. other coordination and all these other things. But, you know, she's like, well, if I have time, like I want to go to skating lessons. (laughs) I want to shoot. I want to do all this stuff, you know? So it's kind of like interesting. I, I love that you speak about being a mother as well. And I actually, I really want to get to that. Um, but first, let me bring you back. Uh, what events did you run in track? So when I was in high school, I was a sprinter. Like, I had no lungs. Um, I think, yeah, I remember my coach having me do the 400, and I would just have anxiety mm-hmm. all day. And I was like, <laughs> a whole lap? It's like, a long race. Yeah. It's <laughs> so long. Strategy and mode. I'm just... Not my lungs just don't allow me to do that. And I do remember, like, I can't do it. Like, track is just not for me. And then I was like, but you can be a sprinter. And so in high school, I ran the 200, and I was a long jumper. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I went to state in the long jump, and I think the 200. But um, it wasn't – yeah, I think I got second at state in the long jump. But it wasn't like I was – you know, super amazing, but I just, I did love long jumping, and I was like, oh, when I get to college, I'm going to be a long jumper, like, that sounds great, that's (laughs) not a lot of running, you know, it's just short sprints, like, that's what I want to do, and then when I got to college, my coach had another idea for me, and he said, "Um, no, I, I think you should do this thing called the heptathlon, you know, I knew it from Jackie Joyner Kersey, but I didn't even know what the events were, I didn't know how many, it's seven events, and of the seven events, I think I only competed in two in okay. high school. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. We're gonna, I'm going to teach you how to hurdle. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And he's like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to, lo- uh, how to high jump, and you'll be fine. You know, javelin. So the heptathlon is seven events. It's over two days. Okay. So the first day is 100-meter hurdles the high jump, the shot put, and the 200. Mm-hmm. And then the next day is the long jump, the javelin, and the 800. Okay. So it's, and you do it probably, I don't know, maybe three to four times a year. It's not like every track meet you do this heptathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in between the times that you're doing the heptathlon, you're working on other events. So you're like a 100-meter hurdler or you're mm-hmm. a long jumper. You know, you kind of 
pick and choose which events you're going to work on. Mm -hmm. um, but the four times a year. So I remember it was at North Dakota State and Fargo. Anthony, you know <laughs> about <laughs> North Dakota. Yeah, oh yeah. Shout out UND. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, we were in Fargo, and I did, like, my first hurdle race. And, you know, I came in probably second. And, you know, like, I was just like, yeah, like, good job, you know. And then we kept getting into these events that I had never really done before but did them. And it came down to the second day, the 800. And he was like, you'll be, just get out. There. You'll be fine. No problem. Now, mind you, I had a problem running the 400 in high school. Right. I don't know <laughs> what possessed him thinking that I could run the 800. And so he was like, you know, just get out there. Nobody trains for it. You'll be fine. I mean, I get out there like a 400, like, okay, you know, I'm in the mix. He's like, yeah, good job. I remember him cheering me on. He was like, yeah, you got it. Just keep going. Lap two, I was like, huh? I got another lap of this? <laughs> and he was like, just finish the race like mm -hmm. just finish i don't care if you crawl just finish. and it felt like i was crawling yeah. and i just finished the race and it was i was in so much pain it was awful and he was like yeah we'll have to work on that 800 but <laughs> you know what you made it to nationals yeah. and i was like what I mean, it's a nationals. I was like, does that mean I have to do it again? He was like, yeah, you got to do it again and for the next four years because this is oh, now geez. your event. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So so you yeah. did that well that it became your event. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you, you had it in you, though, to yeah. be an 800 runner. Well, it, you know, in the heptathlon, it's really cool, and that's why I liked it is because, you know, the pressure of it was just more like we're all cheering for everybody. Everybody has their specialty. You know, some people are really great at the 800 and they're not as good as in the hurdles or, you know, everybody has their thing. Right. And so 800 was definitely not my thing, but I had other events to like kind of compensate for what I wasn't very good at. Yeah. And, um, but that was what was so fun about it is it was like, okay. And for me, it was the last event. So it was like, how many points can I get ahead so that I don't have to kill myself right. in the <laughs> 800? That was yeah. like always my strategy. But I remember when I was a, uh, junior and it was at nationals and uh siue southern illinois edwardsville and that was a national meet and um and it's you know you get different points different events are worth different scoring points and i don't know how it you know was even possible but okay so let me back up so i remember my it was either my freshman or sophomore year and it was three of us and we were all tied mm-hmm I don't know how that's possible in points for the last event. It was wow. three oh of us tied f to get All-American. Top yeah. eight you ha is to get All-American. And I'll never remember. I'll never forget. It was Andy, Noel, it was Tanya Kneipel, and myself. And we were all from the same conference. <laughs> and Tanya and I looked at each other like, yo, we don't got this. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, it's not going to be us. Right. We were like, Andy's got this because she was just a phenomenal 800 runner. Mm -hmm. And – Came, yep, went to Andy, and so I was like, oh, my gosh, if I'm ever in this situation, I would, I wish I, you know, could be better at this event. Right. And then the following year, it came down to myself and another girl, Jen, from St. Cloud State, and this was for the national championship. Mm-hmm. 
And I, she is a phenomenal 800 runner. And so my coach was like, you know, usually we do splits. And he's like, you need to come across in this certain split. And he was like, okay, just stay with her as long as you can and just hold on. And that was the best advice I ever got. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't just at least try to stay with her, like, she would have just smoked me. And I just got enough points to, like, behind her to, to win the national championship. Awesome. What? You're so sitting the national champion. No, so it was. That, oh, that was low-key. But, but okay. Wow. Yeah, no, it's something awesome. that I won't forget. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that was All right, cool. folks. So we're sitting here with a national champion oh, at <laughs> But um that is, wow. Okay. That is incredible. Oh my gosh. So then did you pursue af- any uh athletics after college? Yeah, so after college, um, I still had two years until the Olympic trials. And so, you know, it's a totally different thing now. Like the internet, like, you know, like posting and, you know, having people be encouraged by you running track or doing your sport was like not really a thing. I mean, I remember writing like paper letters like, hello, I am pursuing my dream to play to run track and the Olympics. Could you please support me? Thank you. You know, I mean, (laughs) it was just like that. Um, So for us, for track, it was the opportunity to be a grad assistant. And so um, in my same conference was Minnesota State Mankato. And um, the coach there was like, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, being a grad assistant for for track or Mm -hmm. for track? And I was like, oh, grad school. I was like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, it was an opportunity to go to school, get school paid for and to get a stipend and continue my training. But coach, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it was just a phenomenal opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And so I coached, I went to school and then I just trained for the Olympic trials and that was for two years and then competed at Olympic trials um, in 2002 in Sacramento. That's awesome. And for the Olympic trials, do you get like recruited or how does that work? Do you? Yeah, so for Olympic trials, you have to have a certain point total in the heptathlon. Okay. So, or you have to run a certain time or, you know, those types of of things to Mm -hmm. be able to be an automatic qualifier or to qualify for the Olympic trials. So for me, that's what it was. It was like I needed to get a certain point total so that I, you know, could qualify to compete there. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So have you found any – okay, so you're at this position now, and you're in the trials, and you're this incredible athlete, and but now you've transitioned now from that. But do you have any mentors that you can think of on the top of your head that really helped push you to get to the point where you're at and maybe helped you develop the drive that you have to be where you're at now? Absolutely. My college coach, Dana Schwarting, you know, he was such an amazing mentor for me. Um you know, he was a fairly young coach when I was in, uh, in college, and I just remember, like, this young coach, like, recruiting me, and um, he just seemed, like, nice and cool and, you know, and knowledgeable, obviously, and, um, yeah, to be a young coach, but to be able to be a head coach, you know, for a school and to take these little, I mean, I went to school in Iowa Mm -hmm. and we were a very small college. I mean, my college was probably 1,100 students. So my college was actually smaller than my high school. And so (laughs) for, you know, my coach, you know, Dana, who was my coach for all four years. And then I also had another coach, Rick, Rick Clarehan. He recruited me as well. Um, 
And so for these coaches to take this little small school in Iowa and be able to compete on, on the national level um, is pretty phenomenal. I mean, we would go to Drake Relays and, you know, we're, we're competing against Texas and we're competing against like all mm-hmm. the major schools that, you know, have track and we're, you know, able to hang. Right. And that speaks a lot. But for, you know, my coach, um, he really taught us like hard work for sure. And I think, you know, going into college, you kind of don't know who you are. You're just like, I'm here and I'm in college and I'm a college athlete and you don't know which way to go. But I think the foundation that the track team laid allowed us to really, you know, take it seriously. Like we didn't drink, you know, off season. We were, you know, our our seniors were like, where are you guys going? You guys need to be home. You know, I mean, they took it very seriously. And I think that, you know, if I didn't go into an environment like that, would Mm -hmm. I have known not to do those types of things I don't know probably not and um, I just think that that speaks a lot for your coach you know to have that kind of um, loving care but also push you to like be serious about this opportunity because not everybody gets to be a college athlete and we're here for a reason and how good do you want to be how good can you be and so for him it was not only teaching us how to coaching us to be good athletes but like good people and how are we going to give back as well so mm-hmm. um i yeah shout out d- to dana <laughs> yeah you think you've carried a lot of like his uh preachings and teachings about being good people and you know hard work and those efforts into you know what you do now or stuff that you've you know created over the time yeah absolutely because you know, we're not, we don't all come into this world with all this knowledge. And I think knowledge is power. And if you have, you know, if you can light your light, it should be our opportunity to light other people's lights as Mm -hmm. well. And that's what he did. Like he had this amazing knowledge. And I mean, I remember, yeah, I I did the events in college and I knew how to do them, but Mm -hmm. knowing how to do them and coaching people to how to do it is a totally different ball game. And I just remember, you know, calling him so many times like, oh, what do I do in this situation? And he would Mm -hmm. always walk me through and he would always guide me and he was always just a phone call away. And I, you know, I remember even taking the girls to see him when they were, you know, younger. I was like, okay, this is my college coach, you Mm -hmm. know. Run a lap, show him what you got. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is honestly so incredible. And so just mentorship and um, people teaching you how to do the right thing and helping that uh, you to be the where you're at today, I think it would be a great segue into, um, so uh, as all of us, we get older and um, we move on with life and you become a mother. So motherhood, um, you're the mother of two incredible children and um, so, like, with mentorship, kind of uh, to follow up with what Kendall was saying a little bit, um, like, what are some of the, um, you know, three, t- two lessons that you took from Dana, um, you know, that you potentially have instilled in uh, Mia and Aubrey? Yeah, you know, um, we always say that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And so it doesn't matter, like, you know, how talented you are or you think you are. You always have to work hard. You always have to give it, you know, your best shot. And it's not necessarily, like, what you're doing on the ice. It's, like, what are you doing off the ice, too? You don't always have to have ice time. and You don't always have to have a coach. You don't always don't have to have me 
looking at you and being and timing you for like you know how many right. you know for stick handling or whatever it's kind of like what are you doing you know to better yourselves mm-hmm. when nobody's watching yep. and so I think that that is something that you know my coach instilled in me it was like he couldn't be everywhere all the time and um and what are we doing when nobody's looking yeah and so I think that that's a big part of like what I, you know, instill in the girls is just to have a, a work ethic that it is undeniable. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And yeah. something my uh, father always preached to me as well. Uh, you know, days I didn't want to get up and do something. He's like, well, you know, Johnny, Johnny's working today. Yeah. So, so what are you doing? And so that always stuck with me too. It's like, all right, I gotta, you know, make sure I'm doing what I need to do when, you know, you're not at practice or, you know, doing other things. So yeah, I think that's a very important lesson for kids, and it's always stuck to me to this day. So yeah, yep. you can't let Johnny outdo you. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Johnny outdo you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Kay, honestly, two things that you just said really quick to follow up with is. You know, character is what you're doing when no one is watching. I think that's huge. I think a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I was on the answer three hours and this and that. And it's like, well, you're with your coach and you're with your friends. And, you know, that's great. Nobody's discounting that work that you're doing. But it's when you go home and when the lights go off, are you, you know, you going to the gym, are you doing push-ups, are you running, like, right, what are you, are you watching film, right, all these mm-hmm. kind of things, right? You say Johnny, right, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, there's always somebody out there, um, you know, doing the extra, always doing one more push-up than you do, always doing one more bag skate than you did, right? So, Absolutely. you know, at the end of the day, and even if there's not somebody out there, then you have to envision that person. So, I mean, you know, driving yourself and being that is really important. Um, and then knowledge is power. I think that's so incredible, and that's why we're here today, right? Absolutely. You know, knowing that, like, what you don't know, you don't know, and that, you know, a uh, sport like hockey, again, is just for, for everybody, and that, we you know, we're uh, people of color on this table, and that's uh, an incredible topic that we get to talk about. Um, so just being a mother of hockey players, like, and ta- being on a hockey podcast, um, what kind of thoughts consume you now when you're watching your daughters on the ice? Um, you know, are there, you know, things that you kind of thought about um, from your own experience and, you know, p- putting that now into their experience and, like, thinking, of, you know, I wish I would have known that so I can tell them that now and, you know, maybe uh, stuff like that, if you could maybe elaborate on that. Yeah, I mean, I my kids are, you know, I mean, there's very few times when they see other black kids in, in an ice arena or other kids of color. So just knowing that that's who they are and they have chosen this sport, that's a, you know, non-traditional sport for um, underrepresented and just BIPOC people in general, um, that's who you are. And own that. And yeah. that's okay, you know. And so you deserve to be out here just like everybody else. And, um, you know, so for me, it's just teaching them, you know, we've had conversations, I mean, probably when they were six about what do you do when, Mm -hmm. you know, things happen on the ice that, you know, you don't intend on happening and there's racial slurs and there's things like that. Those things happen. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and yes, we have experienced all those, you know, sometimes people are like, what? I can't imagine that that has happened, but yes. And you know, we had conversations about it when they were like six and all the way through. And um, for me, again, that goes back to the knowledge is power. Like, what do you do? Um, but for me, just having these these conversations with the with my girls and um, and just arming them with the ability to to play hockey and make it a sport for them is what I love doing. 
Um, and so for me, I just want to see like how far, how far they're going to take it. And then mm-hmm. to give back to the game too, because they've gotten so much out of the game. They've gotten, you know, more out of the game than, you know, that they would, I would have ever thought, you know, when right. they were six years old telling me that they wanted to play hockey. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, okay, we'll figure out how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> So how did they start playing hockey? Was it that they came to you and you said, oh, yeah, mom, mom used to play that. We'll get you started. Or were, was it more of like, hey, let's get you on skates and see if you like it? Yeah, it was more. Um, so we moved here from North Carolina when um, Aubrey, my oldest, was in kindergarten. So like a couple months into kindergarten, we moved back here to Minnesota. And she was just like, I want to play hockey. And I don't know why she said that. I I think, you know, when I was moving back, I had some friends, some girlfriends that were playing, and they were like, you should play in this beer league. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, who would have ever thought that, (laughs) you know, I could put these skates back on? But that sounds (laughs) sounds fun. And Aubrey was just adamant on playing. And I think for me, um, when we were in North Carolina, it was just so busy. Like, I had my own business, and it was just really hard for me to dedicate time to, like, after school activities and when we moved here I just you know I had my parents and I was like oh well we've got help like Mm -hmm. of course you want to play hockey absolutely I'll figure out how to make it happen and I could call my friends and be like okay my my daughter wants to play and at that time it was a girl's program like I thought she was going to be playing with the boys I had no idea and I also thought there were going to be wooden sticks remember sticks (laughs) like 25 (laughs) bucks yeah Yeah. (laughs) Totally changed yeah. my thought process. Like, That's what funny. is going on right oh, now? $300 yeah, yeah. $300 <laughs> stick. I could not believe that. I yeah. was like, wow, yeah. times really have changed. But, pretty, yeah. but that's what I'm saying is, like, for us, for players of color, just to have access to knowledge is so important. And so being able to call up teammates and it being like one phone call and they just put me on the, on the highway and I'm I'm off. It's not like that for a lot of us, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, there's so many like hoops to jump through and, you know, stumblings upon stumblings. I mean, we were just in a, um, in a tournament in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale and it was players of color playing for HBAC movement, hockey players of color movement. And so it was just interesting to hear all of different people's, how they got into hockey Mm -hmm. and their different paths. And a lot of it is fumbling and stumbling and happenstance to get to wherever they are at. And for me, it's just important that, you know, when people reach out to me or not, just getting them on that highway again to Mm -hmm. just making them to speed down. If that's what you want to do, you want to play hockey, we're going to, you know, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do and give the, give resources so that people are able to have the best hockey experience they can possibly have. Right. Yeah. Something I think I've, um, just with the work that, um, have been recently just doing the last couple of years with diversifying this incredible game, but you realize, right, there are barriers. And I think there's like three main barriers and this is something I've kind of been trying to, 
um, get out there more as well. And if we can knock these barriers down, I think we're going to be looking at a post world, right? And one is money, right? Hockey is an incredibly expensive sport. Mm -hmm. We just talked about a stick being $300, right? You might go buy one. It could break within 30 days, um, 31 days. No warranty is no longer there, right? Um, discrimination. Discrimination, also the fact that we don't have enough diversity in the sport is another reason why I think people are um, you know, not as interested in enrolling their kids in something like that. But then also education. And that's the point where I hit on is just like, you don't know where to begin. There's fumbling. How do you know where to get the right skates? Where to get your skates sharpened? Um, which way to shoot on the stick? Um, where the skating coaches are? Where the free ice rinks are? And so just on and on and on. So I think you touch on that. And just anybody listening to this, you know, um, go out there. And if you're a hockey family, reach out to people, right? Like, you know, be progressive, be proactive, you know, uh, assume that people don't always know what's going on and, you know, uh, lend a helping hand. So I just think that that's an incredible um, thing that you bring up there. And, um, yeah, just how do we, um, you know, something like the HPOC uh, movement, um, you know, I heard about that and so, so cool. And, you know, I stopped playing roughly, you know, almost a decade ago and uh, there was nothing like that as far as I know. And when, when I was playing, when uh, Kendall was playing when he was younger, Kendall got yep. done playing more recently. Um, but what I did hear from that was that the two teams, I believe, at least in one of the sections, was that um, played for the championship was Puerto Rico versus Egypt. Mm -hmm. And um, just hearing that, I mean, yeah, you know, think about that. That's incredible. And, um, you know, the Friendship League is something that's going on now. And they were in Mongolia. And I know the Dino Mines had something in Mongolia. So it is, you know, I think going around and spreading. But um, uh, just, like, for a future hockey mom or a mom, um, because it's yourself, getting into – hockey or the sport, like, what advice um, would you have for for them? Yeah, you know, I think that there are programs out there, you know, for people to try hockey, which mm -hmm. wasn't the case back in the day. There wasn't, you know, programs out there to try hockey. But you have to, like, sprint in, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to, like, connect with people. And I think that that is – the, the biggest thing is is making these connections and asking questions and finding someone to help you. You know, if you found someone that, you know, offers information or gives you a smiling face, you know, just go up to them and say, you know, this is, it's okay to be like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, it's, that's okay. I think that, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to know and we have to pretend like we know, do not pretend like you know anything. Just right. go in there and just ask someone, you know, and be like, you've been very helpful. Do you mind being a hockey mentor for me? Mm -hmm. You know, and if you have that knowledge of, and know the system of hockey, you absolutely should, um, you know, look for people to mentor right. because, you know, a lot of times it, you know, it's been, you think that you've done the hockey season and that was great. Like, I mm -hmm. loved it. I can't wait to get back <laughs> out there for the next hockey season. But you don't realize all the things that happen between hockey seasons. Right. You know, w w where should you be going? Oh, my gosh, there's summer hockey? Like, I didn't even know that the rink was, I thought maybe the rink turned into something else. And it's right. like, no, this is an <laughs> ice arena and it's an ice arena year round. Yep. You know, so those types of things um, that don't assume that, that people know. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they absolutely don't. Um, and so I just feel like lean in. Lean into the hockey world. Don't be afraid to, to not know. Um, reach out to people. And um, people will pick you up. You know, yeah. I remember, yes, I, you know, I feel like a lot of it, the hockey world can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, as a single black mom going into an ice arena and going into a locker room and I got a six-year-old and it's a bunch of dads and I'm like, 
hey, you know, mm-hmm. but I knew how to put equipment on. My I knew my kid wasn't going to go out there with an elbow pad on her shin. You know, I knew how to do that, but don't assume everybody does because, right. you know, because they don't. And for me, that's always something that I really do want people to know. And when we work with hockey is for me, I, it's Im- imperative that they know how to put on equipment. Mm-hmm. It's imperative that they feel confident to walk into a room being the only person of color and having an idea what they're doing. Right. And then from there, the hockey community is going to pick you up and they're going to love you. I mean, yep. m- my kid has been to so many people's houses that I, I mean, like, I don't even know where she is half the time. Right. She's just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going with so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, how are you getting in the game? Oh, they're going to take me. Like, yep. oh, great. I mean, I remember one time last year, my older daughter had a tournament in Breezy Point and my younger daughter had a tournament in Fargo. I'm one person. How am I going to get to both these places? I'm right. not. So my daughter went with her teammate. They the parents picked her up. You know, she had her little lunch money. Like they, mm-hmm. she got it figured out. You know, they they even had to come back to the cities to play one game and then go back to Breezy Point. Jeez. And she was able to. You know, they picked. She was their daughter. Right. And so that's the fun part of hockey, and that's what the hockey community really is and yep. um that's what i want us to lean into yeah, yeah. i would, I would yeah. encourage people you know if if you don't know someone in the hockey space or you know a person in hockey you know you know look up a local rink near you and just you know go there and you know not you know, i would say 90 percent of the time they'll be willing to help you you know just ask for you know is there a learn to skate program or how do i even get started in hockey you know most of the time the rink people have been there forever and, and seen, you know, all kinds of things and know just about everything about hockey. So, you know, if you don't know someone in hockey or got any connections, you know, look up a rink and, you know, just ask, you know, how do I get started or what can I do, you know, to get going. So I think that would be, you know, another step too if you don't have someone. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah and hockey families, like, and to Kendall's point, you know, lean in and that – you know, you see somebody, um, you know, family at school and your friend, your kid has befriended them and maybe they're not a hockey family. Say, hey, like, come, come check this out and let's right. go to open skate or, uh, you know, something like that. You said something really great, Meredith, though, and you talked about leaning in. And um, you are someone that is 100% leaned in um, on numerous reasons and numerous ways um, through organizations and many of that. But just before we get to some of those, um, like, what would be advice that you'd have for your younger self? Um, if, you know, at this moment, uh, let's say a Meredith that was Aubrey's age or Mia's age and um, you saw yourself now and you know who you were at that point and what kind of what kind of advice would you have liked to have had, had at that age? Yeah, you know, I think I would tell myself, you know, keep on keeping on because, you know, but, you know, when you're a kid, you just you don't have any you're just going through life. Right. Mm-hmm. And life is just smooth sailing. And sometimes, you know, there are like bumps in the road and you just have to like keep on keeping on and, and barrel through those. Um, and so I definitely think that I would tell my younger self that. Um, and I don't know. I it, it that's an interesting question and probably one that I'll have to to think about, but that's what comes to mind immediately. Okay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, so the, some of the organizations, uh, just so many, but we'll start with La Niña's is one of them. Um, Minnesota Unbounded is another. That um, How did that come about? How did you just 
um, decide that, um, or w with other people potentially, right? But just, you know, how did you come to the decision that we need these organizations and how did that um, come about? Simply need, you know, we need our our kids and our, our kids of color to be able to see themselves in the game. And that wasn't necessarily happening. And then to be able to create a community. I think that creating a community within the community is extremely important, not only to get new players from different communities and underrepresented communities and non-traditional markets, but also to keep them. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to retain these players. Um, and in whatever capacity that is, if it's a player, if it's, you know, I like hockey for a little bit and now I know how to skate, but I don't really want to compete, but I know the game, mm -hmm. like be a referee. That's great. Right. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, you just have this love for hockey that you want to do front office stuff. That's how we grow the game. Mm -hmm. And so for me, creating these opportunities through the hockey ninjas and through, um, Minnesota unbounded, it is so that our players can see themselves in the game and it's reflected in them so that they end up having these amazingly positive experiences mm -hmm. to continue to manifest more players of color in the game of hockey. All right. Yeah, I think uh, a big thing, even, like, when I was growing up, is kind of, like, getting rid of that stigma, like, you know, hockey is only for, you know, one type of person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to hear that all the time with friends at school, like, oh, you play hockey, that's only for, you know, white people or right. whatever. And, you know, uh, my response is it's a game. You know, you anyone can play it. There's no, you know color barrier on the game so like you know again jump into it like you know you may not see as many but be that person be a leader and and be uh you know driven to make a difference in it so that's Absolutely. what I've always thought about yeah I love that yeah what about you Anthony yeah something you said really resonated you talked about retention mm -hmm. I think that's incredible right and how many people have maybe, like, started skating and then they said, well, you know, like, they just didn't feel like they belonged. And I think that's another part where we talk about, like, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, right? And those are buzzwords for a lot of people. But, like, what does it actually mean, right? Like, belonging, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you really feel like you belong somewhere, then you're going to want to stay there. You're going to want to be in that space. And I think that by making people actually feel like they belong in this space is how we will actually retain them and their families and these kids to then grow the game into the, the next stage where it needs to be. Uh, so with these organizations and growing them, um, there has been other, um, there's, there's been a lot of push around the nation, I think, as well, like for this game, right? Like we know that hockey is, as uh, Kendall had alluded to earlier, people think it's a sport for white people or for wealthy people. And, you know, but really we do see it as a sport being for everybody. Um, Kendall also uh, talked about color barriers, which is, you know, an incredible thing we talk about where it's, you know, there's no... Um, you're not allowed to be here because you're black, but sometimes that does happen. So, you know, somebody that we do know broke a color barrier in hockey was Willie O'Ree. Um, you had been nominated for something that was called the Willie O'Ree Award, which is um, given to people or um, nominated for people who do a phenomenal job in their communities with spreading the game of hockey and spreading the game of hockey to certain communities and all sorts. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, like, what was that like? How did you um, become a part of that um, experience and just... Yeah, take us through that a little bit. I mean, that's fascinating. 
Yeah, it's funny because it was through a podcast. You know, my <laughs> <laughs> my uh, college, Morningside College, they wanted to do a podcast about hockey up in Minnesota, and so we were just talking, and um, and they ended up actually nominating me for the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award, and then it just kind of went from there um, to actually get the nomination and be a finalist. Um, was you know something you know I don't I don't do this for <laughs> the recognition. It right. is honestly um, an amazing platform, and that's what it was. It's such an amazing platform to be able to share what we're doing here, right here, you know, in Minnesota, in the state of hockey, to diversify the sport right. and just to grow the game. Um, and so it was just an unbelievable experience um, to meet new people, to see what other people are doing across, you know, North America, because it was, you know, the United States and Canada, just to see what other people are doing and just to make amazing connections and to, you know, work together, put our heads together. What else can we do? You know, we're doing, you know, things in our community, but I always say, like, what else? Like, what else can I do? What mm -hmm. else should we be doing? You know, what else is out there to do? Um, and so, you know, for me, that's just, it's important for our kids to, um, yeah, to, to see how they can make a market in, mm -hmm. in hockey. Yeah. So you, you say, what else? I think that's an incredible question. And I think, um, you alluded to this earlier, right? It's Canada, other places in the country and other people are thinking about this. I think a lot of other black women in particular are thinking about this. Um, what else? So there was a, um, team called the Panthers, AAA hockey team that came um, to Minnesota at one point. And I think you're the community liaison for them. Um, like, what was that like? And what kind of experience was, was that for, for Minnesota? Oh, my goodness. When I found out that the Panthers were coming to Minnesota, I was so excited. Mm -hmm. You know, like an all-black U18 team coming to Minnesota to play. Like, how can I get involved? What can I do? Like, right. I would do anything just to be a part of, you know, this mm -hmm. amazing community. Um, and so just to be there, you know, now community liaison, I feel pretty <laughs> special. But um, for me, it's always about giving positive experiences. Like mm -hmm. that's what I want because it's it's development. It's like how do we give positive experiences for, for players? Um, and so, yeah, when I heard that they were coming, it was, you know, reaching out to the wild and the wild were – you know, right, ready to go to mm -hmm. be able to create a unique experience. So right. for them to be able to hang their jerseys up in the locker room, in the wild locker room, right. and give them a tour and, you know, make it extremely special for them was mm -hmm. amazing. And then just our community in general. There was just so many other community members that were just like, they said what else? Like, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. And General Sports was amazing to be able to donate jerseys for the team. Um, Best Shift Hockey did a f an awesome job, and they um, helped donate some swag to them. And Richfield Ice Arena donated, um, gave them subsidized ice. So a lot of that is our community wanting to help noticing that there is something more that they can do and um, and to really just make it a positive experience. That's awesome. So I had a question. You know, what does mentoring mean to you and how, how do you relate, relate it to your current situation and, and you know, what you do now? 
I think mentoring is just a critical piece. And, um, you know, sometimes people don't think that they have things to give to be a mentor, but everybody has something that they can give. And you don't, mm-hmm. and it's, you don't have to give on some like incredible level. It's just you have knowledge and you can share that with other people. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, mentoring I- is critical because. I definitely, you know, have had amazing mentors in this whole thing, and I've taken something from every one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, my college college coach, but just other parents that know things that, you know, I don't know. I mean, even now I'm, I'm learning, right. um, you know, every day, you know, trying to strategize different things for my kids and, like, where they should be and, like – you know, um, and it's not even just hockey. It's just in life, you mm-hmm. know, profession-wise, um, things that they enjoy outside of hockey. Right. And so I just think that the more we share information, the greater we'll be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, hockey does get a bad rap. But it's true. I mean, people like to keep their skating coach close to the vest. Yep. You know, <laughs> they like to keep, you know, their, you know, mental visualization person, you know, close to the close to the vest. So right. um, a lot of times that, that that is, you know, sometimes the downside of hockey is like, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody is very vocal about what they're doing. Yep. Um, and so I feel like that can only make your community better. It can only mm-hmm. make your team better, you know, to be able to share those types of things and be able to provide mentorship to others. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of relate to that. Uh, you know, us coaching this year, Anthony, is kind of the piggybacking off of what you said. Is like, you know, I didn't really think I had that much. I mean, I played hockey so long. I didn't really think I had that much to offer still, like to kids or anything, but I think us just showing up and being there, you know, at practice and and games every week kind of meant more to them than even like what we were actually coaching them on. Absolutely. We built that kind of relationship with them and got to know the kids and, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm talking with the kids about, you know, school or, you know, little girlfriends they have or whatever (laughs) else Mm -hmm. is going on in their life, you know, more than even hockey. So I think just being there and having, you know, that, you know, mentorship, just being there for someone is, you know, important. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, there's a a kid just, uh, Meredith had referenced hockey some earlier, and uh, somebody that comes to mind, and, you know, I hope maybe they'll listen to this, but King is this young kid who is incredible, (laughs) and Safin is a great young kid as well, um, who – have just come in and they've been part of these skates and now they're just, you know, they love the game and, um, you know, mentorship and representation matters. And the fact that like, you know, we have, uh, people like coach Kendall, Meredith, um, you know, um, the list goes on and on and on. But, um, <laughs> yeah, as you said, it is it, the fact that we have done this thing for so long and then you can all of a sudden give back, right. You know, lean and give back, um, you know, has, there has been nothing more rewarding and, I did not necessarily know that that was going to happen when we saw each other and met each other and we started coaching (laughs) and then uh, have not had a more greater experience, honestly, in my life. Um, So really crazy. Again, I just, you've just so many nuggets of, of info from you, Meredith, but you said knowledge is power, right? Um, You said you're gaining knowledge every day. So um, you're knowledgeable. Like, what are you going to do with that power? Mentorship. Do you have any, um, is there, are you, What's for the future for you? Is there any organizations that you potentially want to start? I know you've, you know, you've already built a few, but you know, moving forward, mentorship, knowledge is power. Like, how how can we um, 
utilize that to keep on expanding the game? Yeah, so for me personally, I definitely want to do a 501c3, so that's kind of what I'm in the process of okay. doing right now okay. because um, I think that that's how I can have the, the largest impact is to have a 501c3. Um, and there's just, yeah, different parts of this you know, that I want to build. I want it to be boys and girls, you know, families of, of color um, that are able to come and they can hear about like re references and resources. I think that that's key mm -hmm. to understand what are the resources that are available to us and we can all share in those. I think development of hockey is important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're kind of in this interesting like niche um, of groups that I'm working with is you know these are these are families and these are kids and these are players that have committed to hockey right mm -hmm. they've they've been in, involved I mean I think this is my 10th season with my oldest daughter of hockey so like she's already shown me that she's committed to hockey she wants to play at the highest level she possibly can right. so what development opportunities you know are out there mm -hmm. and then I also think volunteerism is so important we talk about mentorship yep. um, you know we've done so many things you know with the wild and hockey is for me of course is like my favorite program because mm -hmm. these are these are families 60 families of color that have probably you know kids have never stepped out on the ice like a day in their life right and for us to see them you know from day one to the fourth week and how much progress they've made I remember my younger daughter, Mia, she's she worked with uh, one little girl for the four weeks. And um, at the end of the four weeks, you know, she's like, oh, you just did such a good job. And I was talking to the mom and the mom said, oh, my daughter thinks Mia is her best friend. <laughs> and awesome. it's like that those types of stories are like so awesome. And right. then for her to go a year and she played hockey that year and she came back and now she's got another sibling in the program, mm -hmm. you know, so those types of things like you don't realize, you know, the power that you have until you, you know, see it manifest into, and, and be very cyclical, you know. Exactly. So now it's yeah. like, okay, here we are year two and now we've got a sibling or now we're doing this. You know, those yeah. types of things are um, are just real. That's where I get like the gratification of like, oh, we we are making a small difference. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of my next question. You know, with all the things you've done, what is kind of uh, the thing you felt is like your biggest accomplishment through it all? Oh, well, gosh, my biggest accomplishment. I mean, I hope I'm, you know, still going, but. For me, it's just, it's, it's so fun to see, you know, to have these experiences and things like that, like that, uh, that brings me such joy. But it's also when we have the hard conversations of things that have happened on the ice, mm -hmm. um, f you know, where we have to come together and figure out how we can move forward and keep somebody in hockey because they just, they want to quit because they've had enough of, you know, discrimination, microaggressions, anything that happens on the ice that's negative. Right. And, um, and through those hard conversations and trying to get to the other side, that is where I see, you know, th those moments are what makes me so proud mm -hmm. is like, okay, I'm so happy that, you know, we have this group of people that can come together and help these people through these, you know, certain situations and right. stay in the game of hockey because it can be so easy just to, to quit. I mm -hmm. mean, there's so many hoops that I don't think people understand that player of co players of color go through before they're even out on the ice, mm -hmm. you know, they're at home, you know, in their own neighborhoods and convincing 
convincing people like, yeah, hockey is for me and it's okay that I play hockey. Like I might not be playing this traditional sport that you think I should play or you want me to play. I'm, I've got to defend myself why hockey is so great, you know, just before. And then I've got to get with my parents and, you know, I mean, I know for me as, as a mom, like I have, you know, changed my career several times to be able to accommodate their hockey schedule and what they want to do. And so then it's like, you know, I've got to get my parent on board and see if it's something that they can do and the sacrifices that they can make to, you know, paying for it is one thing, but it's, it's people like, Oh my gosh, hockey is so expensive. It is, but it's more the investment of like my time, you know, more so than any like monetary thing that I'm paying for. And so it's like convincing the parent, like, yeah, I want to do this. And then, it's getting to the ice arena and being the only person that you see you you are going through the ice arena trying to get into the locker room and there's no reflection bouncing back at you no you know like yep I see you like there's none of that it's Mm -hmm. it's getting to the locker room and then in the locker room, you know, things happen. You know, you, you don't know what's going on in the locker room. You know, you don't know what music is playing, what things, you know, what words kids are saying in rap music and, right. you know, the pump-up music to get you out there. And then you're the only one and you don't really know what to say. You're, like, kind of in the middle. Yeah. And then you finally put on the jersey and you're <laughs> out on the ice and then people see you um, – for whatever, and come up with whatever, you know, bias they, they, whatever story they want to make Mm -hmm. up about you. And, um, and then you do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Just go back through the same process again. So, um, so it's a lot, you know, it's a lot that people don't necessarily take into consideration and how can we make that process as smooth as possible? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just kind of a thought, really. I just want to thank you to my parents. Thank you all parents that are hockey parents and yes. sports parents in general and, you know, taking care of kids. But, I mean, hockey is really, as you're saying, it's uh, you're in Breezy Point one game. The same day you drive down to the cities to drive back up to Breezy Point that night. I mean, there is so much time invested. Um, and so just, you know, with, with that, like, being the case, um, like, how do you – see the future of Minnesota hockey moving in that direction? Like, do you think that with everything that you're talking about, like, is this something that you would have, um, you would tell a parent that, yes, you, you know, you should get your parent, you should get your kid into hockey, right? Like, you know, ha- like as we just talked about time, investment, all these kind of like, um, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not joking here, but, you know, like how do we like convince families still to like play this game? I mean, like what are like, uh, the connections, right, that we have, you know, we're to all people of color, and you're talking about the sport of hockey, um, you know, the, the friendships, the, the family building, all these kind of things, like, what, like, why, what is it, you know, about the sport of hockey that, um, you know, has us sitting around this table right now? It's, you know, they were right when they said for the love of the game, <laughs> because that's exactly, you know, what it is, and, and hockey of all sports is, you know, just the amount of time that we're together, we have that opportunity to build this family cohesion. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what it is. And I think, you know, when I first 
became a hockey mom, I just thought it was super cute that like these dads are planning <laughs> the the parties. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I, I came from gymnastics. You know, it's all moms. It's like, mm-hmm. hold on, wait a second. Like I can actually take a back seat here. Yeah. Like this is this is great. So I mean, if that's how we get our our, our hockey moms and the hockey, just know <laughs> that that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, but it is. I mean, it is something that is unlike any other sport. And if you talk to the kids, they don't know wins and losses. You know, they could have had heartbreaks, you know, heartbreak games that just came down to the last goal and maybe they, you know, didn't do what they were supposed to do and someone scored and, you know, it was hard. They don't even remember that. You know, they remember the hotels. They remember the tournaments. They remember the car rides. They remember, you know, just going to practice, you know, excited, like, what am I going to work on today? And they, Mm -hmm. they look at, you know, improving their skill. They look at those things. I mean, we we definitely go back and we look at old, you know, film and, you know, the wobbly skates and, like, <laughs> you know, wobbly ankles, <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to walk on, you know, walk just to – they're having a hard time walking, let alone skating, you know. And, but just to see the pride that they have in themselves that, you know – Hockey was hard. Like mm-hmm. it, it was difficult and I stuck with it and now look at look at what I can do and look right. at, you know, the skills that I've learned to then take you into real life because I mean, let's be honest, like I mean, a professional hockey pa- player is great, but like even if you're uh, on the male side and you're a professional hockey player, you're going to retire at 35. Like you've mm-hmm. got half your life, like over half your life left. What are you going to do? Right. And it's, I'm hopeful that those skills that you learn in hockey about perseverance, character, integrity mm-hmm. are going to carry you far further than anything you got in hockey. Yeah. yeah I think, th- I think that was huge. Hockey, hockey for me, was huge. Just that community and having, uh, you know, people around like, cause you know, I'm an only child. So like, going to the rink and all the my teammates to me were like brothers like you know traveling together doing different things because you know my parents work full time so a lot of times they couldn't give me a ride you know if we had games early on the weekday or something random game like I'm riding with people and so just being around people and the same parents that you know we grew up playing youth hockey with like still to this day my parents you know like once a year at 4th of July, like, at someone's house, they still go and hang out, you know, and just talk about old times. So it's yeah. like you build that – you do build a family, like, aspect. And, you know, a lot of my best friends are still – you know, I still talk to from when I was, like, you know, three years old. So mm-hmm. it is it – is, that's kind of, like, the, uh, the uh, bright spot, I guess, uh, as far as getting together and, and being in hockey, so. And as parents, we love that. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what I would be doing with my time if I wasn't carting around a kid to a rink or, you know, like everything, it just like consumes you. Even Anthony talking to your parents, you know, yesterday, um, that was so cool because (laughs) they were talking about, you know, your goal that you scored at the state tournament. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, how many years ago was that? It was a lot. Well, I mean. (laughs) 10 years ago. Yes, but, you know. That gives them, like, such joy. And it, 100%. like, and the I mean, time that we invested. Yes. I mean, that's what I was thinking, too. I mean, like, yes, you're saying. I mean, like, carting around. Like, I mean, that moment that you can have, and it yes. was a split second, right? But, like, mm-hmm. it still to this day can mean what it meant to them at that moment. Absolutely. And that's so powerful, you it, know? Like, it, 
words matter, you know, like people matter, incidents matter, right? Like you might not remember exactly what somebody said to you, but you can remember how, you know, they made you feel. And mm-hmm. in that moment, um, obviously, like, you know, there was a lot of like uh, pride to be taken in that moment. But I think also just with what it represents as, you know, players of color and um, having a platform and, you know, probably one of the reasons why I'm even sitting here today with y'all is, you know, for that reason. And um, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> my parents are funny but yeah I, I honestly love that just we can um, just as people kind of again as people of color be on the table when they have that conversation so you're 50C3 I want to talk about that really quick donations um, how can people potentially find you through that um, once that is open and get started and because um, I think that's really important um, yeah. your mission who you are is incredible and we need to uh, get you funded so yeah so well a lot of it is you know coming up with a name and what that will look like so that'll be Coming here very shortly, uh, right now we're just referencing ourselves as, like, the BIPOC hockey community. Um, but, yeah, if you guys have any name ideas, I would love to take those. But <laughs> very soon, like, until then, like, the Hockey Ninjas, you can absolutely follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. And we're just looking to, you know, have a larger impact in the game um, of hockey because, of course, it's the best game on earth. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, I remember my my favorite memory is uh, mini sticks in the hotels. So oh I yeah, I love that. They oh were yeah. at one point they got banned because we were all just so crazy. They said no <laughs> more, no more knee hockey around uh, here. So um, yeah. it's kind of again, it's you. You're bringing that up as memories of oh parents yeah. and still <laughs> meeting. And yes, uh, parents that I grew up with that we all still meet together. And I'm yeah. sure you're it. probably experiencing that as well. So really quick, I mean, like, there's a maybe two more questions here. One would be. Um, just what what are what is a book you'd recommend to anybody if you know that has gotten you to where you're at today? Like something that you read that um, has stuck with you and maybe has just really affected your life to help you to be where you are today. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm in leadership, so like anything with Bronnie Brown is like amazing. But um, you know, I'm and I'm not like here to toot your own horn, but for real, the hockey is for everybody. <laughs> is honestly, I wish I had read that book to my kids when they were. Five, you know, I mean, it is a perfect level setting to hockey and to and on both sides, like being a player of color, but also like having an advocate and an ally, someone that can speak up for you. And so honestly, 100 percent, your book is phenomenal. Thank you. I, 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 the heartfelt, I believe it 100%. I, <laughs> I'd ask before not, not to have that be the book, but no, that's it. Is. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. that is the case. No. And then, okay. And, um, and I, I'll, Kendall, you might have a couple more questions as, as, as well, but like we are seeing women like Sarah Nurse, who was on, um, I believe, you know, ESPN at one point, uh, the cover there, um, Kristen Hegler, um, Hegler, who plays for the U, Blake Bolden who has been on USA Hockey Magazine, Kim Davis, some um, incredibly high-level executive for the NHL, Delvin A. Mora, Jazz Miley, um, Sarah Tinker, um, the list goes on and on. So these are incredible women and incredible things in these spaces. Like, how do you, um, one, look to them? Are they, you know, as an inspiration? Uh, where do you see yourself kind of, like, in that? And was representation mattering? Like, how do you, um, like, what would be some parting words that you would have to young black women who are um, looking to get involved in hockey? Yeah, what a list of, of incredible forces um, of women of color. Um, I, You know what? It brings me back to a story with Aubrey when she was 8U, like a mite. Mm-hmm. And the coach said, uh, you know, 
tell me who your favorite hockey player is. And all these people were saying, like, the wild players, you know, white caps. And they get to my kid, and here she says um, her girlfriend, like, next to her, Mm -hmm. you know. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, that you totally missed the question. And, like, no, we can't reference anybody on the team, like your little best friend. And so, but at that moment, it was like, wow, she needs somebody that she can see and that that, right. that reflects her. And wow. so then that's when I just started, like, looking up, like, how, you know, who could my kid identify with? And that's when I came across Blake Bolden. That's Blake nice. Bolden being the first African-American to play professional hockey, I thought mm-hmm. it was, like, perfect. Right. And so that just became the name, like, Blake Bolden. Like, mm-hmm. let's look up Blake Bolden. Like, wh- where did she, you know, go to high school? Like, all these things. And so we found her on Instagram, and I just said, well, let me just shoot Blake a message. Mm-hmm. Because we were actually going to go watch um, – their tournament. And so I was like, oh, you know, hey, Blake, Blake, my kid's obsessed with you. We're super fans. We're going to be in Chicago watching your game. Like, good luck. She responded back. Mm -hmm. And it was like, whoa, like, I can't believe Blake Bolden just responded. And we showed up in Chicago acting a fool. We had (laughs) huge signs. Like, we were cheering. I mean, we looked crazy uh, but it was just that excitement you know right. it was that excitement for her to see somebody that looks like her playing at this high level and that's actually taking interest in, in her mm-hmm. um blake got her a, an autographed jersey like talked to her after the game i mean it was just like the most amazing experience yeah. and so ever since then you know sh- we've just been super big blake bolden fan. i mean w- we've even gone out to boston college to like look for her memorabilia on campus because <laughs> that's where she went we were, like, searching, found her, took pictures. Um, but to be able to see somebody achieve the things that you could only hope to dream about right. um, is so important for our youth. I mean, it needs to be something, like, you know, tangible. Like, this is this is something that I could do. This is somebody that I could be. And then to see not just one, you know, right. to see multiple. And... Um, and, and on different levels. I mean, mm-hmm. from Blake to be a college scout to t- Kim Davis being a VP of the NHL, you know, to Soria Tinker. I mean, she's got so many amazing projects that she's working on. Um, so to be able to see that, like, yes, hockey is a great vehicle and vessel to get started, but there's a huge wide world out there for you to get involved in mm-hmm. that you can, you know, bring our youth into and make this a cycle is extremely exciting. I just had one last question. Um, what is one like outcome through all like your initiatives that um, you did not expect to happen, like positive or negative? Yeah, um, you know, I think that I didn't really expect for. Um, our community to grow as large as it's grown and as quickly as it's grown. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something, you know, I mean, it has its positives and negatives, but it's just to see that there is a thirst out there for a community within a community um, is so exciting. And for me, that's like what fuels me. Mm -hmm. I love meeting other people in just in general. I love meeting people. And, um, and I really 
you know, have this like vision of growing the game and how, you know, how I think what it will take to grow the game, but to see other people get on board too, no matter Mm -hmm. who it is, or, uh, you know, I could just make a phone call and be like, Hey, this is what I was thinking. And then people like, yeah, that's a great, like, let's do it. It's like, Whoa, like, wow. So not only, you know, is there a thirst out there for people to be a part, like BIPOC community to grow, in hockey, but there's all these allies and advocates that want to help and that are just that I can, you know, reach out to and mm-hmm. people just jump on board. That's awesome. That is awesome. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep on going. This is a movement, <laughs> right? This is not a moment. Uh, and so Meredith, thank you so much for having, uh, for, for being on the show. Like we are so incredibly honored to have you here <laughs> and uh, please go ahead, follow uh, the Ninas on Instagram uh, stay tuned for the 501c3, and please uh, please uh, make donations, and let's continue to grow this incredible sport. Uh, thank you so much for the listeners, and we look forward to uh, having you uh, check us out next time. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. This is the Hockey Fizz for Everybody podcast, and uh, have a great day. <laughs>